الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن أعبد الناس أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, we are very fast moving towards the Mubarak days of Ramadan. Before that, there is the auspicious occasion of the 15th of Shaban, then it's the month of Ramadan, then the days of Hajj will commence. Then Eid al-Adha, or before that, the first nine days of Zul-Hijjah, all those virtuous days will come. And then Eid al-Adha will come. And then other auspicious occasions next year will come. And then the following year again, the 15th of Shaban will come. And then the first of Ramadan will come. And this will carry on until Qiyamah. This will carry on. But, whether we will be around for the next Ramadan, whether we will see even this Ramadan, we have no idea. Ramadan will come and go, but we might be gone before it even comes. Allah Ta'ala keep us alive and well and enable us to see the Mubarak month of Ramadan with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala enable us to earn the maximum. But, as we said, we are fast moving towards these Mubarak days. We are moving even faster to our last day. And our last moment. Ho rahi hai umar, misle baraf kam, chupke chupke, rafta rafta, dam badam. Ali says that the life of a person, ho rahi hai umar, misle baraf kam. The life of a person is becoming shorter every moment like a block of ice. Block of ice is continuously dripping. It never stops dripping. You can't stop it. It's out in the sun. It's going to continuously drip. So this world is like the sun. We are in here and we are like, our life is like that block of ice. So every second, every millisecond, it's dripping. Chupke, chupke, rafta, rafta, dam, dam, very, very quietly and silently very gradually and every moment is going. You cannot stop it. There's nothing that can be done to delay it. إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ This is such a short life. It is such a short life. And in this short life, Allah Ta'ala has given us some very, very minimal tasks and asked us to obey Him and fulfill those minimal tasks and then there's everlasting Jannat. There's paradise and Jannat forever. 
So it's very, very simple, very easy. Now somebody says, but it's not simple for me. Who said it's easy? It's very difficult. I can't avoid looking at haram. And I try, but it becomes very difficult. I struggle with it. Somebody says, I'm chatting to some boys and I just can't seem to stop this. This is very difficult for me to stop. So, to avoid talking haram talk and getting onto these chats, which is all with non-maharam, is impermissible. I can't do this. I can't refrain from it. Somebody says that uh, I listen to things, I listen to music, I listen to other things. Very difficult for me to give it up. So, how can it be easy? They're saying it's easy. I can't stop going to some things. I can't stop watching movies. I can't stop doing all these other kinds of things. And I find it a very, very big task. So how can it ever be easy? So the thing is, the deen is easy. Deen is very easy. We make something difficult for ourselves, then obviously it becomes difficult. If a person who is a drug addict, he says, it is very difficult to avoid drugs. It's not something that can be done. Now he is saying, it's very difficult to avoid drugs, to smoke dacha and to take some tablets and all these kind of things. Now he is saying it's very difficult. So, deen is not easy. Deen is difficult, na'uzubillah, because it's very difficult to stay away from drugs. What will he be told? The problem was that he put his hand into the fire. He started doing something he should not be have ever touched. At that time, it was not difficult to stop it. But he decided to experiment. At that time, it was thousands of people, millions of people have never touched drugs in their lives. And they have no intention of ever doing it also. And they don't find anything in staying away from it. When they hear about it, they even feel very, very miserable hearing about it. They feel that fear and they feel that abhorrence. So, the person, the drug addict is saying, but it's very difficult. Who says it's easy? It's very difficult. He says, no, 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 it's not difficult. You made it difficult. You decided to experiment. You decided to start meddling in something you shouldn't have meddled in. Otherwise, you would have also been like the millions of people who have never touched it and have no intention of touching it. And when they hear about it or when they see it, something, they feel very disgusted. They want to even spew and they go away from there. So, likewise, you would have been the same. But you decided to meddle in this, now it has become difficult for you. You made it difficult for yourself. So, likewise, a person started looking at haram. The person started getting involved in looking at movies, watching movies. The person started listening to music person started chatting with haram chats. Now there's so many people. There are hundreds, thousands of girls who have never done such a thing. Alhamdulillah. And they don't feel anything about it. They don't have any intention of doing it. Many people have never listened to music formally. One is now somebody is walking past somewhere or is in some out of necessity in some place where somewhere else music is being played, it's falling in their ears. 
So they even turn their attention away at that time also, and they make istighfar, though it is beyond their control, but intentionally they have never listened to it, and life is carrying on very easily for them. What is the thing? Life is now carrying on very comfortably for them. Very easy for them. It's like that person who is in a drug habit. His life is parashan. Every now and again he needs a high. Every now and again he has to go back to his drug. And the person who is not on that drug, he is astounded. He is, uh, he just can't make sense of it. That this thing is so harmful. And every time that now you don't have it, you are like a fish out of water. It's changing your character. It's making you aggressive. It's making you, it's lost your respect. It's made you become part of the complete scum of society. And despite all that, you still want to go back to it. He says, but when I don't have it, then I'm now in a terrible state, so I go to have it again. And then that makes me worse, but I go to have it again. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is not something to look down upon anybody. This is ibrat for us. It is ibrat for us and to take the lesson that a person who is not on drugs, he finds it very, very ajeeb and astounding. But we should never ever regard ourselves as immune also. And don't regard ourselves as our achievement. That we are saved from something. Only be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, it is your protection. You saved me. Ya Allah, you keep saving me. And you keep protecting me. So what the point is, that many of these things, we get caught up in it. And we then make life difficult. A person who protects his eyes from looking at haram, he doesn't cast glances around. Or that girl, that woman also doesn't cast glances around and look at non-maharams. So it becomes very easy. Life becomes so comfortable. Life becomes so easy. And a person can very comfortably continue with life. person's heart is not being tugged to go and look at this haram, to go and listen to that music, to go and chat with this person. And many of these people, they just play yo-yos. They just keep throwing them up and down. Whoever they now chatting with, they put them on a yo-yo string. And now they just keep playing the fool with them. And sometimes they put them on a high and then sometimes they throw them down. And this poor stupid girl, indeed, it is stupidity. So she just gets carried away initially with the sweet talk. Every thief is a very sweet talker. And the thief of Izzat also is a very sweet talker. So they start off with the sweet talk and the stupid people get carried away with it. And then now they end on this yo-yo. And say, now this person is genuine. If he was genuine, he wouldn't have been doing anything haram. If he was genuine, he would not have been communicating in a haram way. If he is not obedient to Allah Ta'ala, how is he going to be loyal to a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala? There was one person who wanted a job. This happened in India. He wanted a job in some government position at the time when the British were ruling. So now, mashallah, he had a beard and everything. And he came for this job interview. Now there was a English person that was the head there and he was interviewing him. He was conducting the interview. So, 
he asked him all the things. Any case, after the whole interview was now completed, he told him, look, you have all the qualifications and all the ability and the experience and everything for this job. So we would have definitely given you this job. But if you have, if you want this job, then the condition is that you will have to shave your beard off. So if you are prepared to do that, I'm giving you till tomorrow, you think over it, and then you come and tell me whatever your decision is. So I will hold this job till tomorrow, and depending on what your decision is, then you'll decide. Otherwise, everything else is in place, your qualifications, experience, everything is fine. But we won't give it to you if you're going to keep your beard. But you think about it and you come tomorrow. Now this person now wanted that job, and he thought that the job is razak, and the job gives rizq. Whereas Allah Ta'ala is razak, Allah Ta'ala is the provider of rizq. So he went and he thought, now why wait and go and tell this person tomorrow what is the decision? He Billah went and shaved his beard off. So he thought, as soon as I will present myself, tomorrow the job is guaranteed. So any case, he came the next day clean shaven. And when he came and presented himself in front of this officer, who was now doing the interviews of this head of that post, so when this person saw him come clean shaven, so he told him, okay, fine, we don't need to get into any further discussion. Sorry, we're not giving you the job. The person was very, very surprised. Yesterday you said that everything is fine. The only thing outstanding is that I've got a beard so you can't give me the job. So I've shaved my beard off. Now I, are you not giving me the job? So he told him that was the test actually. Merely for some monetary benefit for some money. You were prepared to compromise on what you believe strongly in as part of your religion. So you were prepared to turn your back on your religion for some money. You were not loyal to your religion for the sake of money. Where are you going to be loyal to the job? So this person lost out on Allah Ta'ala, lost out on the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, lost out on the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala and so many things and he lost out on dunya also. Khasirat dunya wal akhirah. So a person who is not loyal to Allah Ta'ala, he's not going to be loyal to makhluk then. A person can make a mistake, we are not farishtas, but a mistake, a loyal person can also make a mistake, but then that makes him even more restless. And he will immediately make tawbah. And he will not persist in sin. He will not persist in haram. So if a person is not loyal to Allah Ta'ala, he is persisting in haram communication. He is persisting in chatting up girls from here and there. That he is not going to be loyal to makhluk also. He is not somebody worth giving any kind of attention to. So, the thing is, that this is where the stupidity comes in. That they give their hearts to somebody who is just playing the fool. And until he then finally gives the final boot, and when the final boot comes, when somehow that news leaks out from some other quarters, that this fellow is chatting to so-and-so also, and he's chatting to so-and-so also, and he's chatting to the third person also, and uh, this one here is number nine down the line somewhere. And this is not something that happens once or twice, every now and again. And many youngsters come after when they finally, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, they really make tawbah. So then they discuss these things, and they say what I was up to, and I was making a fool of all these girls. And then the stupid girls were all getting caught up in their stupidity. 
So deen is very easy. We make it difficult. Like the drug addict. He made life difficult for himself. But now what is the way forward? The way forward is for that drug addict now, then they finally take him and put him in a rehab center. Shut out from the outside world. There's one rehab center somewhere. So if somebody is brought there by their family, etc., so then they've got some conditions for accepting that person. The condition will be, he will stay inside for three months. For that three months, the family will not be able to contact him. He will not be able to contact the family. He will not receive any visitors. He will not be allowed any communication with the outside world. No cell phone, there's no landline there, there's nothing. There's no way that he will be able to communicate with anybody outside. They will not be allowed to even come and visit him. And even if he wants to leave within the three months, they won't allow him to leave. He must sign up. He must sign up. His family must sign up. And after they all have signed up, then only they will accept and admit him in. It's their condition. You don't accept it. Sorry, you carry on. Because we've got a task we want to try and achieve. That is what they are saying basically. That we have got a task here. We are out here not to just make money or something. We are out here to help. And we believe that our program to try and rehabilitate the person and get him out of his habit, then these measures are necessary. So if you want to bring the person in, you bring him in, he wants to come in, he must come in, but without accepting these conditions, sorry, we can't take him on. So this is the precondition they make. So in any case, now this is the rehabilitation program, that this person will be cut out from the outside world. He will be cut out from all his friends. He will be cut off from his relatives for that period of time. Not cutting ties, but meaning contact. He will be cut out from all the things that he is used to. He will be cut out from all the associations. He will be cut out from all the communication. From all the media. And then on top of that, he will be put through a program. Whatever the program is, he will be put through a detoxification program. And he will be put through to a... A program which will enhance his health, mental health, physical health. It will then, over time, because it's not a button that can be pressed. And it won't happen in one week. And it won't happen in one day. It won't happen in one month also. They want minimum three months. After three months they've got good hope. That if the person then keeps to what he has now achieved. If he deliberately decides to now go back and fall in the gutter, then now they can't do anything about that. But they have good hope and a fair amount of success on this. Then after this program, the person then stayed away from certain basic things. Then inshallah he'll continue comfortably forward. But the turnaround had to come how? By this major program. Now this is the thing that number one, a person took the drug before he t- took it, life was very easy for him. He took the drug and made it difficult for himself. So some people take the drug of music. Now they've made life difficult for themselves. Now that has become like a drug for them. Somebody started watching haram. Now that has become the drug for them. If they didn't watch it, nobody is forced to do it. Even those who apparently are being forced, some friend or somebody else, they too in reality are not false. You don't have to give in to any haram pressure. You don't have to give in to that. You don't have to submit yourself 
to following somebody who is doing the wrong. So, but the person now took it, so that became a drug. The person started looking at haram, that became a drug. The person started listening to music, that became a drug. The person got caught up in chatting, that became a drug. The person got caught up on some other filth, some other haram, that became a drug. So now, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, somewhere the realization comes sometimes. That this is wrong. That is wrong. And I should stop this chatting. I should stop watching this haram. I should stop listening to this music. I should stop going to these wrong places. I should stop getting involved in any other sins. So now the realization comes. So Alhamdulillah, that realization too is from Allah Ta'ala's side. That realization too is a very, very big ni'mat. This is a lifeline that is being thrown to a person. But now when the lifeline is thrown, it's not going to happen in one second. The person took the drug. He's going to have to now, the realization came in his own mind. Or, if it didn't come to his own mind, others around him, they convinced him that, look, you're going to have to go through this. So he finally accepted, whether willingly, wholeheartedly, or whether half-heartedly, but then he finally accepted. Even that half-hearted acceptance also to now go through that program, that is a great ni'mat for him. Because now the hope is starting. Provided now he holds on to that lifeline. He holds on to that lifeline, he gets into that program fully. Whether he came in half-heartedly also. But he holds on to it and takes it fully. Now, inshallah, there is hope that he will come out clean on the other side. When this program is over, he will come out clean. So likewise, for people who have been caught up in so many different things over time, this is not something that is restricted to one or two people. These are all common issues. Whether somebody is studying in a university, somebody is studying, Allah forbid, this should not be the case. But somebody is studying in a madrasa also. Somebody is studying whether biology and physics and physiology and etymology and whatever else, or other etymology is. But in any case, whatever things they are studying elsewhere, it is common with them too, unfortunately. But is, what is more tragic is, some people who are doing Hadith Sharif, they are doing Tafsir, they are doing Fiqh, they are hearing daily about the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, about the Sirat of Rasulullah Wasallam, the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, the lives of the Ahlullah, they are hearing daily lessons about Quran and Sunnah, and the tragedy is that they also get caught up in it. So, those outside getting caught up in it is bad also. Those inside, meaning inside an environment of deen, they getting caught up in it, this is worse. But, whatever it may be, right now the lesson that we are busy discussing is that Allah Ta'ala also throws a lifeline to His bandhas. Whatever you are, you are mine. Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Allah Ta'ala is saying to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that قُلْ say يَا عِبَادِي that say O oh my servants that Allah Ta'ala is saying to you that O oh my servant, Allah Ta'ala's servants Allah Ta'ala is saying to us you are mine 
So whatever you've done, no matter what you've done, you are still mine, Ya Ibadi, Alladina Asrafu Ala Anfusihim, who have transgressed their souls. Whatever you've done, what a Kareem Allah we have, what a loving Allah we have. Many a times a parent also cannot take it anymore. And there is no love on earth that is stronger than the love of a parent for the child in terms of human relationships. In terms of human relationships, there is no love that is stronger than the love of a parent for their child. But despite that, sometimes and many times, unfortunately, it comes to a point where that parent says, get out of my life, I don't want you anymore. And no matter what the child is then trying to do to get back and to now make amends, but that parent is sometimes so hurt, says, please, I don't want to see your face again. This is real life situations. So despite the parent having so much of love, they also sometimes, that love also runs out and say sorry. Whereas, whatever that crime is, whatever that wrong that that child did, that parent nevertheless did not create that child. The parents were the means of the child coming into the into existence, but the parents didn't create the child. When the child was born, in the womb of the mother also, that mother never knew when the heart came into function, when the eyes were put in, when the little fingers were now formed, when the all the other organs started functioning, and the mother has got no control over this whatsoever. The father has got no control over all these things. The child was born, the child, the nourishment of the child, Allah Ta'ala created. The child is breathing, the parents got no, no control over this. Allah Ta'ala's fazal and Allah Ta'ala's grace and Allah Ta'ala's hukam and Allah Ta'ala's permission and Allah Ta'ala's qudrat, uh, the child is breathing. Then the child takes that nourishment, it digests and it now starts nourishing the child. Allah Ta'ala's qudrat. Otherwise, everything will just come out and then nothing will nourish the child until the child's life goes. So all this Allah Ta'ala has done. So the parents didn't create the child. The parents have a very big right, very great rights. But at the end of the day, they didn't create the child. Allah Ta'ala created the child. So the crime against the parent cannot be greater than the crime against Allah Ta'ala. The crime against Allah Ta'ala is the worst. The disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And yet Allah Ta'ala says that whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, and whatever you have done, Allah Ta'ala does not say, I've had enough na'uzubillah. The parents sometimes will say that. But Allah Ta'ala never says, I've had enough. Allah Ta'ala says, my chance for you is open. As long as there's life, you have a chance, you have a hope. As long as you have not come to the pangs of death, then the door is open for you. Come. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Do not become despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. But, you will have to now take onto the lifeline. Allah Ta'ala is giving the lifeline. Allah Ta'ala is saying the door is open. Catch the lifeline. You are down, drowning. Now catch the lifeline and come. We are in dunya. Dunya is a place of tests. 
If a person is being thrown a lifeline and the person doesn't even take hold of the lifeline also, then who's to blame? So Allah Ta'ala's doors are wide open. What a kareem Allah, what a loving Allah, what a forgiving Allah, what a compassionate Allah, what a kind Allah, who gave us all the ni'mats and all the bounties and on top of that we use His ni'mats and bounties, we use His blessings to disobey Him. The hearing He gave us, we use that ears to disobey Him. The eyes He gave us, we use that eyes to disobey Him. The tongue He gave us, we use that tongue to disobey Him. The heart He gave us, we use that heart to think of everything against Him. And all the things that He made haram. And all the filth we use, the heart He gave us to think with it. And the mind that He gave us, we use it wrongly. And the hands He gave us, we use it to start chatting. All haram chats. The fingers Allah Ta'ala made it possible to function. We use that fingers to commit haram with it. And on top of that, Allah Ta'ala says, Yes, you are still my servant. You are mine. Come back to me. Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, Ya ibadi alladheena asrafu ala anfusihim, la taqnatu min rahmatillah. Do not become despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Inna Allah yaghfiru al-dhunuba jami'a. Allah Ta'ala will forgive all sins. Innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim He is most forgiving, most merciful. So what is the way forward? Allah Ta'ala has thrown the lifeline now in the form of these occasions, these great occasions of the 15th of Shaban, of the month of Ramadan. Now this is the lifeline. But like the lifeline was thrown to that drug addict, so now he had to now undergo that mujahada, he had to make some sacrifice, he had to undertake some difficulty upon himself, he had to accept to cut off all the communication from his family, from his friends, from the entire world outside him, whichever place he is there in that rehab center, he had to cut himself from the whole world around him. And nobody now, they are coming to find out but how, you know, he's well or he's sick, we want to visit him, sorry, you signed up that you will not be able to make any contact, you cannot make contact, if he's sick, we'll attend to him, we will look after him, we will give him his medication, you cannot contact him, you signed up. So they accept it, he accepts it, but now when he accepted that and he submitted to the program, then at the end of the day he came out clean. And he came out a better human being. And now he says, Alhamdulillah, my life is now worth something. And I am so comfortable now in life. I am feeling so happy about things. Otherwise I thought I was enjoying myself taking those drugs. But every time it made me worse and it was wrecking my life. And then I was just going deeper and deeper into the gutters. But now, alhamdulillah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, I am feeling so happy and I am feeling so good and I am feeling so comfortable and now he's gained his izzat again and people are looking at him with honor and respect. Why? Because he accepted to take the lifeline and he undertook the mujahada and the sacrifice that came with it. So likewise, these Mubarak times are coming. We will have to start grabbing this lifeline from now. But we'll have to grab it person is drowning, he's still living, but he's drowning, he's in the middle of the ocean. So now he can swim for a while, but in the middle of the ocean, how long is he going to swim? Then he's going to start swallowing water, and he's going to start drowning. So now he's already in the middle of the ocean. So now there's somebody has thrown a lifeline. He says, no, but I don't want to hold on to this. You must come and, I can, I'm paddling still, but I'm not going to hold on to this thing. If you want, you must come and 
pull me out of this thing here, but I am not going to hold anything. So Allah Ta'ala says, Are we going to just impose something on you, even you don't want it? You're going to take this lifeline and tie it on around you, even if you don't want it? No, you'll have to do something. You'll have to hold on to the lifeline. So likewise, these Mubarak moments come, this is the lifeline. We are going to have to hold on to it. Now how do we hold on to this? The month of Ramadan, the lifeline of taqwa is given to us. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, kutiba alaykum as-siyamu kama kutiba ala ladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon. All you who believe this month of Ramadan, this fasting has been prescribed upon you, as it was prescribed upon those before you, la'allakum tattaqoon. So that you may acquire taqwa. Now we have to start acquiring the taqwa from now. So what is the prescription for this taqwa? How are we going to start doing what is supposed to be done as a preparation from now? So Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif gives us prescriptions. One ayat of the Quran Sharif, it was recited, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad wa attaqullaha inna allaha khabirum bima ta'amaloon That oh you believe O oh people, Ya Yuhannas, O oh people, fear your Rabb and ponder over what you have sent ahead for tomorrow, for the day of Qiyamah. What kind of A'mal have you presented? So what is being told to us? Ya Yuhalladina Amanu Taqullah, O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. That is the command. But how will this come into one what will bring this taqwa? وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسُمَّا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ The consciousness of akhirat. So this is the first prescription to develop taqwa. And then again Allah Ta'ala says, وَالتَّقُلَّا That if you develop this consciousness of akhirat, then you'll start making, start adopting taqwa. And you'll become conscious of وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ That Allah Ta'ala is all aware of what you are doing. So this middle thing, the aspect of Becoming conscious of Akhirat. Now this is the lifeline. We want to get Taqwa. Daily we will have to give some time. Daily. We will have to give some time. Five minutes a day. Minimum three minutes a day. To sit down and make muraqaba of moth. To remember death. Now we want to move out of something. We want to get clear out of the sin. We want to come out of this drug then we will have to do something also. So this is the first prescription. First prescription is, daily three minutes to very very deeply ponder over death, one's own death. How often it happens that we attend a funeral, somebody has passed away, so it might be an immediate family member or somebody, so we went for the janaza to the house and we saw the mayyit lying there, it was some, maybe Sometimes some aunt, or sometimes some other female relative. Or it might be some mahram male. Because if it's a non-mahram male that has passed away, then even in that situation, for non-mahram woman to go and view the face, etc. is not permissible. You may go to the house to make taziyat of the people. You know them, their family, etc. So you make taziyat to the uh, woman of the home. But to view the mayyit, etc., for those who are not mahram, that's not correct, it's not permissible. 
So in any case, how often this would have happened that a person went, saw, sat around there, saw the people crying there, saw whatever was going on there, everything, but it didn't remind us of our own death. We sat there, we saw how things are happening there, what's going on. Maybe we might have participated in the husal also sometimes. We might have been involved in more than that too sometimes. In whatever other aspects go into a funeral. But how often it happens throughout that process. Sometimes if somebody very close, we feel very grieved about it too. But in that whole process, we don't ever think about our own death. Whereas that is at least the time to think, this person is lying there dead. Meaning he's gone into the akhirat now. Dead from dunya. Tomorrow is going to be me. So let me just imagine myself. I'm lying there now. The people are sitting around me. What's going on? To visualize that whole scene. And then all the things to the extent of the grave. Now I'm being lowered in my grave. And now the sand, I can hear the sand, tons of sand just falling onto those planks. Now this dark grave. Visualize the whole scene of death. From the time that the life is now ebbing out of a person Deeply let this embed in the heart. This is a prescription. This is the lifeline. We want to get onto the lifeline of taqwa. This is the way now to hold onto it. This daily muraqaba of moth. Then the second prescription. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullaha wa qoolu qawlan sadeeda. Allah Ta'ala says, O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. And speak that which is correct. Control your tongue. The more a person controls his or her tongue, the more taqwa will start developing. Now taqwa is a lifeline. So from now, the month of Ramadan sometimes comes and that ghibat doesn't stop. That evil talk doesn't stop. That chatting doesn't stop. All the other haram doesn't stop. Why? Because before Ramadan we didn't take any measures and didn't make any effort to stop all these things. So now, from now, start controlling the tongue. Think before speaking. Allah Ta'ala is saying, fear Allah Ta'ala. And control your tongue. In other words, this is the prescription, among other things, to also adopt, to get the taqwa. And, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha wa koonu ma'as sadiqeen. O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala and be with the truthful. Who are the truthful? Ula'ika alladheena sadaqu wa ula'ika humul muttaqoon. The people of taqwa are the truthful ones. So we have to do that. Be in the right company. Be in the pious company. And pious company, there's some elderly lady, there's some girl who's very pious. Fine. We must be in that company whenever we can, as much as we can. Somebody whose heart is attached to Allah Ta'ala, somebody who talks about the akhirat, somebody who advises towards deen, somebody who encourages towards good, somebody who forbids from evil. And if that opportunities are not available all the time, then the kitabs of the Ahlullah, they talks to read through that, to listen to that, time to time, as a prescription. Unfortunately, we generally listen to these things or read something for pastime, for entertainment. Then how are we going to get anything out of it? With the correct intention, with the intention of Islah of ourselves, with the intention of gaining the love of Allah Ta'ala, with the intention of gaining that strength to get out of every sin, then with that intention we will listen, with talab, with adab, with that thirst and that need, and with full etiquette, 
then inshallah sometimes one talk, one kitab might do a world of difference. So the first thing was the muraqabah of maut daily. And inshallah maybe the maulimas for some days will create a slot for this to happen in class. So that it can become part of our daily practice. And then controlling our tongue. Number three, the correct company. Number four, daily dua. Daily to ask Allah Ta'ala. One is in a formal way. There must be some time daily for that as well. Three minutes, five minutes with the hands raised, facing Qibla. And with all concentration and devotion, with the heart immersed in the dua, begging Allah Ta'ala's help. And begging him for that taqwa. And over and above that, every now and again, while walking, while doing something, Ya Allah, grant me taqwa. Ya Allah, give me taqwa. Ya Allah, give me taqwa. Ya Allah, make me your true servant. Every now and again. Every now and again. Keep bringing this into the heart. It's from the heart you're saying it. Ya Allah, you make me your true servant. Ya Allah, you grant me this wealth of taqwa. Ya Allah, you give me your muhabbat. Ya Allah, you make me somebody who will always be in your obedience. Ya Allah, you get me out of all, you save me from all the haram. Ya Allah, you save me from the Haram chatting. Ya Allah, you save my eyes from looking at haram. Ya Allah, you save me from music. Save me from ghibat. Every now and again, something or the other of this nature. Keep making dua. One is the formal dua and this also. And from the heart, every now and again. And inshallah, we'll see, we don't know which moment will that dua will click and our work will get done. And together with dua, daily zikr, tasbihat, very, very consciously from the depth of the heart, Astaghfirullah, 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 Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, Istighfar, the third kalima, Duru Sharif, from the depth of the heart, not to count numbers, but to clean the heart. Now one is to count numbers, then a person just can rattle it, and in minutes, a person can read any amount. That's not going to bring the effect we want very consciously, deep down from the heart. And to the extent that we will do this, to that extent we will find the heart cleaning. So that tasbihat. So the five things these are now. First thing was, muraqaba of mouth daily. Second thing was, the controlling of the tongue. The third, the correct company. And then the books of the Ahlullah, the talks of them, their talks, etc. On a CD or whatever it might be. And the fourth thing was dua. And the fifth is dhikr. Very consciously, very deeply and daily. And together with this, we should establish the talim of the fazail even at home. And with a lot of adab, a lot of zeal and need, with talab, we be part of that as well. Inshallah, we do these few things from today, very consciously. And by the time the month of Ramadan comes, we would have very firmly held onto this lifeline. And inshallah, by the time that program of Ramadan has passed, we will come out completely clean on the other end, inshallah, from whatever issues we have had, we have in our life, but we will have to now hold on to that lifeline. We will have to make some effort, and inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will make it easy for us. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka shukru kulluhu, Allahumma la nuhsi thanaan alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik, جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين